What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Big Facts No Cap, the only podcast that's number one with shows that get remade and people that get betrayed. I'm Adrian, as always, here with Paul. Let's get big factin'. Let's get no capping. Big facts. No. Cap. Big facts. No. Cap. No cap. Big facts. No. Cap. Big facts. No. Cap. No cap. Big facts. No. Cap. No cap. I know we're not the type of podcast that talks about these things. Talking about boobies? Talking about boobies. We're talking boobies today. Uh, can we talk about the fact that in some of Justin Roiland's Me Too texts that came out by underage girls, one of them was him going, oh no, you have school tomorrow? He was doing like a fake Asian accent, so he said, oh, school tomorrow? Oh no. Yeah, man, those were those were pretty fucking embarrassing, dude. I'm not gonna lie. On top of everything else, like on top what of an the embarrassing thing yeah, leaked. On top of the evil, God, it's humiliating. You did like the Asian accent thing though, right? Being stupid enough to be like, oh, this is gonna charm a girl. Like how out of touch do you have to be? <laughs> it's like he doesn't even know sixteen year olds anymore. This guy is getting rejected by a sixteen year old. <laughs> And the, the DMs fucking humiliating. Based on um, screenshots of people's texts and DMs and stuff, which celebrity do you think has the best game? Which canceled celebrity do you think has the best game? Ooh. And don't say Adam Levine. Has Adam Levine's text been uh, leaked? That was one that like everyone was making fun of how bad his flirt game was. I mean... The thing is, anybody's would be humiliating. I think the difference is, it's one thing to be humiliating, it's another thing for it to be humiliating and evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I forgot what his thing was. It was a wife thing. I think it was him cheating on his wife. Which we both oh, agree okay. is not evil. Yeah. Yeah, something about this girl being like, I gotta go to school. It's just like, it really like a... It's like it metaphorically Nurses go to school, college students go to school. It metaphorically knocked the breath out of me that he could be flirting with this, this person that seriously. That is funny. Like that wasn't enough of like that didn't like hit that part of his brain that was like, oh, I'm doing something shitty. Yeah. Those details, they get you sometimes, man. They get you. Sometimes those details get you. The overall story didn't get, get me. You. The details, they got me. Adrian, can I ask you a question? You just did. Ooh, what are you, my third grade teacher? But anyway, how much do I have to be worried if this podcast pops up that you've been like, I don't know, like, you've had like a leech fetish for years and you've been bullying girls into putting leeches on you or something, whatever your freaky thing is. Zero percent of that. Leeches are nasty. I'm like, oh, don't take my blood, old school doctor. Oh, I do sometimes do ask people to dress up as old school doctors who think that <laughs> leeches are the only way to cure things. <laughs> you see, I that was going like, to be some shit like that. No, that was enthusiastic consent, though. Both both parties. Or sometimes all three parties. Sometimes all five parties. <laughs> or you're tricking people to come into your improv classes that you're putting up on Craigslist, and then you make everybody dress up like a Ninja Turtle and spank you. Is it like I'm the instructor and that's the way that I use like my uh, instructor power? You're like, for this seed, everybody's going to be a Ninja Turtle and spank me again. And they're like, Adrian, can we learn something else? That's not improv. That's you're giving <laughs> us a script. 
Uh, I don't like, think any this of that. This is rule one of improv. This is uh... always do what daddy says. Um, I'm going to say chances are low of any of that stuff. Uh, do I have to worry about, I mean, I know you're a conservative, so like people just expect you to be like this. So how, how bad is it getting like human trafficking or what are we doing? Yeah, I'm an Andrew Tate level guy. I am bald. Is that I, what think, you I was thinking more like Matt problematic, Gates. Adrian. No, I was thinking like Matt Gates with a full head of hair. <laughs> I do and put on my hair. Matt Gates wig before I go do sex crimes. That makes sense. No, I'd be like Al Capone. They get me for tax evasion. Okay, <laughs> that's what they're coming after. That's what the woke Which mob I is going to get done. you for. Mm-hmm. And the regular mob. Adrian, in 2016, we saw here that you said that you had no extra income, but looks like on the podcast you publicly stated that you rented out your bees that year. Can you explain that? That's not personal income. Oh, no. Drew is back. <laughs> I never had money. I never filed taxes. Drew would get away with tax evasion. Yeah. He's like the perfect client for a lawyer. He knows how to... I did not say anything. Drew would go into uh, interrogation with the CIA, and the CIA interrogator would come out with their mind warped and destroyed. <laughs> They'd be the one on acid. No, but Adrian, I would like to publicly state that you don't have to worry about me. If we make it to the top, baby, I'm clean. All right. Wait. Wasn't there that rumor that in high school that you, like, stole all the scales from the chemistry room and then sold it for, like drug money i think nowadays that would make us cool wait are you trying to accuse me of the other thing louis ck did but not the what? sex crime <laughs> <laughs> what man that's not oh shit did i pretend that that was my story once and tell it to you raggy i do often steal louis ck's life stories <laughs> try to pass them off as was my that own. from a special or what was that I don't remember. I don't know why that story sticks out. He to told me. it on Opie and Anthony, and I used to really like it. And then he made it an episode mm. of his TV show. I think you've probably seen the uh, radio clip or the clip of him telling it on radio because I used to really think it was funny. On the movie radio, I did clip it into a your VHS version of radio, <laughs> the movie radio, and send it over to That's people. Cool. cool. Anything else going on in your life or anything besides the celebrity gossip? That we're not a celebrity gossip channel. We should be. They do well, man. What else has been up? How's your uh, how's your day been? Uh, pretty slow. We got the day off. I think I would have been healthy enough to go to class if we uh, had it today. I would say I'm like 95% healthy again. I'm definitely past the infectious stage. So I was able to go out and do trivia last night. And that was kind of fun. Still, still a little bit coffee. <laughs> uh, we got our asses handed to us at trivia. Anything that happened to you this week? I watched the new Puss in Boots Puss in Boots. I watched the new Puss in Boots movie. And Dorley loved it. If you're the type of person who often really likes children's movies, I think it's one of the better ones. And it is if you're really a baby. Good. <laughs> hey, I didn't say it. Uh it, it is it is good. Was my sister correct in giving someone the warning that it's a little bit scary? Honestly, yeah, there was one character who was oh, a little bit okay. scary, yeah. Alright, see you were making fun of her for that. <laughs> okay, that was a, that. You're was talking a, about the infantilization of an entire generation based on that comment, and now you're like, it was scary, though. I wouldn't give somebody the warning. I think any adult should be able to handle the level of scary that was in that movie. But there was like mm. a character who I was like, damn, that could actually freak out a child. That character is, he's he's actually intense. Mm-hmm. I will say, spoiler alert: skip thirty seconds ahead if you don't want some parts of this movie spoiled. 
The ending is... Timestamp on the screen. The ending, the big bad scary character literally just goes, aww, it's not fun to try to chase you anymore, so I'm gonna go now. And it's like, what sort of conclusion is that to a conflict? So unresolved. Puss in Boots resolves his internal conflict, so the villain is like, meh, okay, well... uh, it's not fun to That's chase kind of a cool you lesson. if I'm not going to get this reaction out of you that I want. That's a good lesson about bullying. I guess you're right. It is deep. Except Puss in Boots doesn't resolve anything about his confidence or anything like that. You kind of would have to stretch it to make it a bullying message, but I see what you're saying. What is this, PTSD from the war? What is he, yeah, <laughs> what is he doing? He's, uh, he's afraid of uh, dying. But he has nine lives. That's, this whole movie is about the fact that he's on his ninth life. Oh, that's a cool premise for a movie. I like that. <laughs> Where does the exact myth of cats having nine lives come from? The fact that that's a real scientific thing, Adrian. They've done studies. There's papers where they stab a cat eight times and it lives. I don't read that literature. Uh, our seminar figure this week is someone who works with uh, domesticated dogs. I'm not going to lie. It's one of those fields that I just don't have a lot of respect for. <laughs> I don't know if I can say that publicly. Well, you just did. Can we please leave it in? Because it feels so true. It feels like one of those people who's like, my job is to taste test the ice cream for quality assurance at Ben and Jerry's. And it's like, okay, sure. Uh, I don't know whose son you are, but that's not a real career. Yeah, I feel bad because one of my friends studies domesticated cats, but yeah, I don't know. So speaking of kids movies, my media roundup is that I watched Skinamarink uh, this, this weekend. Easily one of the most bizarre movies I've ever watched. I can't give it a full-throated recommendation to anybody, I'm not gonna lie. I-, I liked it, though, for the most part. I think it'd be a little bit too challenging for most people, so that's why I can't recommend it to you, Paul. Yeah, I am kind of a big baby, that's why I watch Puss in Boots. Yeah. So. Uh, and then other than that, I've been following the uh, Shakira ex-husband drama, uh, and that's been pretty cool. And did it turn out that he was cheating on her while they were married? Yeah, and they've just been going back and forth with, like, little passive-aggressive insults and stuff. That's the wrong beef to pick if you're Shakira. Well, uh, you said he's a famous soccer player. I, uh, me, as a yeah. normal person, I don't know who PK is, but I'm I'm going to naturally just tend to believe Shakira because she's Shakira over some guy named PK. Yeah, that's his last name, but I guess Shakira might also be Shakira's last name. I actually don't know what Shakira's full name is. I thought it was just Shakira. I thought it was, like, a Madonna thing, like, it was just one name. She still would have a first name, though, like, legally. I don't... You can change your name. You can get rid of your first name. I don't think she would have done that, though. She seems like she's really big in tradition. Oh, okay, she's grounded. She was named after her abuelita. Ooh, she was named after her abuelita, who was also just named Shakira, one name. Yeah, exactly. She also had a mononym. All right, cool. So I'm glad we know who Paul's uh, taking the side of in that relationship. Uh, Well, I hashtag believe women. I don't know about you, Adrian. I just said I'm also on Shakira's side. I can't imagine what kind of man would cheat on her. Big facts, no cap. Going on the record on Team Shakira. Team Shakira. Traded in a Rolex for a Casio. Alright, the theme today? We're talking double cross. Double cross. And now, Adrian, we're not talking about somebody who converts away from Christianity and then comes back to find the cross, so they've done a double cross. I almost thought about doing that for an article. Now we're talking about betrayal. We're talking about betrayal. Spy versus spy. Does double cross specifically denote that you betrayed them twice? or No, I think the first cross is you're coming across them as friends, and then the double cross is... Is that true? Betraying them. I thought a double cross was like, if you were an agent for the US spying on Russia, and then you ended up being a Russian agent spying on the US. Oh. 
Yeah, I think maybe you're right, actually. I mean, the dictionary definition is not to... I guess that would be a triple cross, right? The dictionary mm. definition is just to cheat or deceive someone by doing something different from what you said you would do. Oh, okay, cool. All right. Yeah. When was the last time you double-crossed someone? This is why I don't, like, uh, I've, I've gone on record before saying this, and I'll go again. Board games about, like, werewolf where one person is lying. Mm. That's definitely the last time I've done a big double-cross to somebody. It is part of the game, but it gives me the same type of anxiety as if I was doing it in person for a mm -hmm. real reason. Like, my brain doesn't differentiate. That's why you, that's why you can't play Secret Hitler? Is that, a, that makes you feel like is that a Hitler? game? I, I don't know about Secret Hitler. Is that like Werewolf? Yeah, you have your liberals and you have your, your fascists, and you have to figure out who's who. Oh, that would have been funny if one of them, it was like you have your Argentinians and your one guy who's Hitler. <laughs> uh, I used to play with my friends that I lived with my first year of graduate school, and my friend Tez was always really good at the logic of the game. Almost to the point where, like, it wasn't even fun playing, because he'd be like, well, no, this is what this person would say if they were lying or whatever. But, like, the rest of the crew was just, like, goofy and dumb enough to be like, nah, I think she's a liberal. <laughs> I think we're fine. <laughs> where Tess would be like, no, that doesn't make any sense. If you look at what they said or whatever, and it's like, nah, come on. I do like when the entirety of the people playing decide to just hone in on that one person who's actually trying to do the logic and be like, seems like you would be the person to accuse. That, it's like that every episode fun. of Odd One Out. It's always like they either talk too much or they talk too little, but either way, I'm going to vote against them. <laughs> That's why in any situation, I try to talk the mediumist amount. Exactly. I count the number of words each person said, and I try and make sure I get into the middle of it by the end of the round. Yeah, I don't want to seem sus. True, bruh. Ooh, you know, I never got into Among Us, but uh, that would have been a good one for you. So that was the last time you double-crossed somebody. I'm trying to think. It's I don't, a very innocent You example. know, I don't live a dramatic enough life to have... I'm not saying I'm too good a person to double-cross. I'm saying I don't have enough mm. opportunities. Ah, I see. I can't think of the last time I uh, double-crossed somebody. There was that time I was under oath. <laughs> Yeah, there was that time all my uh, friends and associates got arrested and I threw them all under the bus to get myself out of jail. Mm, snitch boy. Yeah, that time I snitched on everybody. But other than that... Oh, wait, you know what? I Literally last night. <laughs> um, I, I, We were at Sophia's, one of my favorite post-trivia places to go get a cocktail. Uh, and we were playing heads up, as we normally do. And we were by the fish tank, which was a real vibe. But also, because we were by the fish tank and I was across from it, we were playing Name That Tune uh, category of Heads Up, and I could literally just see it in the reflection of the fish tank. <laughs> and so I think Pierce like immediately saw where my eyes were focused and was like, okay, this isn't even worth doing. But uh, Nicole was still totally into it and still totally bought into the fact that I was just really good at that category. <laughs> and then at the end of it, he's like, you were obviously cheating. You said Halo before she even started singing the song. <laughs> um. So yeah, last night. <laughs> nice. Mm -hmm. it's just so hard if you play fair man <laughs> i don't know the names of songs yeah that's what i always hated growing up having glasses god it sucked to have to play a card game people can just look straight at your glasses and see what's in your hand you have to be so careful mm, or you'd be like my sister and get mad when you like show your hand off to everybody because that's how you're holding it and then get mad when people are like we can see your hand leave dorley alone man she doesn't need this and velma coming out all in one week that's true. Her, she's having her Kanye moment with uh, Mindy Kaling. Well, is there anything bad in that show, or it's just... 
people are kind of using it as a way to bring up all of their grievances against Mindy Kaling. Gotcha. Also, there's a helicopter in the background right now, so probably hearing that in the audio. Ooh. My main thing with Mindy Kaling is definitely just the joke that one person I follow on Twitter does, which is anytime they had uh, bad news, they would be like, I'm so upset about this. The only thing that could make me feel better is a picture of Mindy Kaling in her backyard in a new outfit. And Mindy Kaling posts that so often to Twitter, it would always be a day or two before she could be like, oh, thank you, Mindy. <laughs> That's funny. Did you watch that full uh, video of her making... Um... What was it dosa or was it uh what was she making with oh uh, yeah with kamala yeah yeah she was making dosas mm. mindy kaling and kamala making dosas far be it from me to tell somebody that they can't have all the identities they want but as somebody who's mainly seen kamala on like the breakfast club and stuff where she's doing this like i'm a big hip-hop fan and this is how i grew mm -hmm. up and like in california listening to west coast rap and that's what my childhood was like to then see her was Mindy Kaling being like, oh yeah, I was just a good Indian girl growing up. It's like, well, okay, which which narrative are you going with as your... <laughs> mm. Are you saying she can't contain multitudes, Paul? Yeah, she can contain multitudes, I get it. It feels weird to see them express themselves on one node based on who she's talking to. It definitely gives off a George Bush with a heavy Texan accent in Texas vibe. That's true. It's like, I'm Bush is a Texan. Can't take that away from him, but you, know, you judge it up for the audience. Hey, if you're in college and get all A's, you can be an engineer. If you get all C's, you can be the president of the United States. That's funny. Now watch this drive. That is a uh, quote on the syllabus for the class I'm teaching right now. <laughs> from George Bush. W, not H. Ooh, if you're George H.W. Bush, you can get all C's and then kill JFK. Why do we not care more about the fact that we had nepotism in the White House? Yeah, at one point it was going to be, remember when it was like people thought it was going to be Jeb Bush versus Clinton and that was the main narrative was like, can you believe? The, the conservatives are big on that. I guess liberals are too because they really wanted Michelle to run. But like hmm. the whole like Trump meme of like it's going to be Trump and then Ivanka and then like Barron in like 20 years or whatever. Well, to be fair, it's like Hillary Clinton too. Yeah, what is? What's wrong with Americans? I don't know. I think political dynasties exist in every country, right, Trudeau? No, oh, that's Trudeau. Yeah, you're right. Um, all right, yeah, you're right. We're all idiots. All right. Anything mm. else? Double cross. Do you like spy thrillers? Do I like spy thrillers? I mean, Spy Kids is great. Spy Kids 2 is great. That's true. Spy Kids 3D is great. Who double crosses in that movie? Ooh, famous plot twists of uh, betrayals? Yeah. Hmm. I remember calling the one in Incredibles 2, because it was incredibly <laughs> obvious. But also, I also, thought they were going to lean more into the... Because the lady who invites uh, Mr. Incredible to the island. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, it's always deceptive women in The Incredibles. Has anyone done a PhD thesis on this about the... Uh, <laughs> the two Incredibles Vulgar <laughs> femininity of, yeah, how they depict feminine figures as always being deceptive. Uh, I remember in, in, in Incredibles 2 was really obvious. The one thing that I thought was going to be more prominent was the sexual energy between that lady and the mom. Because they had something going. Uh, there was... Uh, and then the prestige. There was uh, Jeff Bridges' character in Iron Man 1. I didn't watch... I, it's been a long time since I've seen Iron Man 1. He's like the CEO of the company, you know? And he's like... He wants to get the tech, the Iron Man tech, to sell it as a military weapon. 
Mm-hmm. Oh wait, is that the betrayal or is that just the yeah? Plot? Because he pretends to be he pretends to be Tony Stark's friend. Man, come on, he's oh. real sad when he stab him in the back like that. Damn. Honestly, every movie has a secret betrayal. It's a real easy plot twist for like an action hero movie. Yeah, that's pretty true. Anything else in your personal life that's not game related? Mm. Betrayals. I remember when uh, Phil made a promise to me that he was going to wait until we could watch uh, the Patients Jersey Twerk versus Real Sick together. And then he watched it without me because he was bored on Christmas. And then he kept making the joke, I'm sorry, man, I, I didn't get a lot for Christmas. <laughs> and then also you do that thing where he would tickle me and be like, tickle me, laugh if you forgive me, laugh if you forgive your best friend. And he started tickling me. <laughs> I feel like you should forgive him, man. He was born on Christmas. That sounds like the saddest sentence I've ever heard. He was like, I didn't get a lot for Christmas this year. <laughs> sorry, man. <laughs> that was a big betrayal. You ever do that thing, Paul, where you, you know, you know, when you watch in a show with your girl and you guys are always just like watching it together and you promise you guys won't watch it without each other. And then you skip ahead and then you got to pretend like you haven't watched ahead when you guys are watching it together next time. <laughs> no, I haven't done that. But Izzy has 100% watched ahead on shows without me. She, she ain't loyal. She ain't loyal. Damn. Hey, where do I find myself a real one, Adrian? Tell you what, she's not one of them ones. Oh, speaking of betrayal. Nicole and Pierce won't go watch M3 again with me on Tuesday. <gasps> They're refusing. Why? Are they too scared? I don't know. Probably. Are they worried Is that they're going to have Tuesday? an M3 type daughter? Ooh, maybe. I don't think that's the plot of the movie in any way, but... Well, she has like a stupid daughter who doesn't have friends, so she has to buy her a robot friend, I think. Yeah, I think that's it. And then that robot friend ends up being too good at TikTok dances, is what I've gathered. I've heard it's legitimately pretty fun. They've had a crazy uh, marketing campaign. I've seen more about that movie than almost... I saw more about that movie than any other movie that's come out in the, like, last year. More than Avatar, which had, like, a jazillion dollar budget. Yeah, but they didn't spend a lot of that on marketing. All right, you want to get into articles? Any other betrayals? All right, Adrian? I've brought in a classic advice column we've done before, Ask a Manager with Allison Green, although not on her personal blog where they mostly get posted. This one is on Inc.com. So this person asks, I recently switched departments, and I feel a little insane. The woman who is training me for this new role has the same title I do and is my peer. She's very good at her job overall, customer support, but struggles with some basic administrative competencies such as computer literacy. She told me last week that she feels intimidated by me and that she sees me in our manager's role someday. My concern is that I suspect that she changes details that I enter in our database and spreadsheets. I am a gifted administrator, and the type of mistakes that she finds in shared documents and databases are not mistakes I would make, such as entering incorrect dates or forgetting to save changes. She talks to me about these mistakes at length, explaining how important it is for me to follow her instructions exactly. The mistakes she finds make me look incompetent. If this happened once a week, I might believe that I had simply made a mistake, but this happens every day. Frankly, the job is extremely easy compared with other admin roles I've had in the past, so the volume of mistakes I'm confronted with by this one coworker is unbelievable. The only motivation I can imagine would be if she is if she is concerned about her status on the team now that there are two people with her job title. I'm not sure if there's a way I can prove that I am not making the mistakes she finds, but I am concerned my new manager does not trust my competency when my coworker presents evidence of my incompetency every day. 
I also have no idea how to talk about my suspicions without sounding nuts. Is it possible that I am actually making a hundred little mistakes? Is it possible that she's creating these mistakes? I have no idea what to do. So Paul, as someone who fucks up at their job every day, how do you feel about this? You're not supposed to say that on the podcast. I don't need everybody to know I'm a fuck up man. It's fine. You just work with pediatric oncologists. <laughs> is this the second episode in a row you've made that joke? <clears throat> no, I think it's been like one in between. Overall, I think that's a more noble thing than the fact that you tried to invent the title of pediatric proctologist. Nah, I'm just joking. That wasn't you. That was Justin Roiland. Oh, come on now. Uh, so wait, hold on. Uh, how how easy would it be just to like take a screenshot of your stuff when you submit it and then show that it's been changed by somebody else? Or save the file. They're using the word databases in such a like funny way because I'm pretty sure they just mean spreadsheets because they're saying databases and spreadsheets, but it seems like they're saying shared files. It sounds files. like collaborative though, right? Yeah, it sounds like it's yeah, like a share, Google Yeah, you can save as is a little trick they don't teach you. Oh, and so save an actual hard copy of the file. Yeah. With a timestamp. There's also change logs in a lot of the popular spreadsheeting collaboration app. Ooh. Oh, and you're saying because she, her enemy specifically is not very tech savvy, she might not know that that's a thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Catch her red-handed? Catch her red-handed. Also, did you catch at the beginning of the article there was a very funny sentence? Like, that does make this person seem like an insane gaslighter. Could you imagine getting somebody new at your job and being like, and the thing you say to them is, wow, you're just so good. I bet you're going to be our manager someday if they have the same title as you. That's something mm. somebody who's trying to play mind games says. That's not a real thing anybody says. Ooh, okay. You think that's a red flag? Yeah. You know, I, I quit the force, but like usually what we want to figure out is if they had a motive and if they had an opportunity. And I see there's a very clear motive. But did she have the opportunity? Yes, because she also has access to these databases. Case closed. Case closed. That shooter on site. Bucket boys. Bucket boys. One of the main things I wonder is like, how do I get one of these jobs? Because it sounds stupidly easy. And it sounds like <laughs> they make more money than they should for doing this. Um, Is that part of this double-crossing article? Is trying to figure out how to get this job for Adrian? Yeah. Honestly, I think with jobs like these, the hardest thing that for me would be having to buy a new wardrobe and having to dress every day and like have clothes that are not wrinkly. It's not what I'm used to. <laughs> That's the hardest part. I think it would be. Yeah. What do you, what do you mean? What do you think? I guess fair enough. I, I just Well, that and waking up every day. I just thought you would go on Amazon and buy a bunch of t-shirts that look like they're collared because they have like a mm. like three dimensional design on them mm -hmm. and you just buy them, wear those. You know I don't buy from Amazon. Plus, I don't think Amazon has a basics of uh, kooky ties to wear to the <laughs> office. Was it mandatory for male teachers in our middle school and high school to wear, like, slacks every day, or was that just what they did? Like, what was the least yeah, amount of dressing Yeah, it must have been because we did have teacher? casual Fridays and they would wear jeans. So I think more of them were to wear jeans frequently if they were allowed to. Mm. Although I do yeah. wonder what administrator, like, what power would have come down on them if they'd worn jeans on a Tuesday? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know. It's one of those things that like, I don't ever want to be a, like a high school teacher. But like, even if I did just like having to get an a completely new wardrobe seems so annoying. Anyways, back to this question, though. Back to this question. Back to the betrayal. Back to the double cross. Yeah. Catcher in the act. Catcher in the act. Couldn't you just start changing her stuff? 
Or is it a one-way street right now because she's being trained? I like that this company is going to go <coughs> under because they're never going to get the right accounting numbers. <laughs> <They're> just... <laughs> this is what happened at FTX. That's funny. Mm-hmm. These two people are going to play mind games with each other until every single value is incorrect at this at this small business, mm-hmm. at this locally owned Monterey's. Yeah, I kind of wish the question asker knew that you can definitely just save a file, like copy of the file as is, and just check back. I feel like what you need is right. hard It evidence. also feels like these people are also a lot not like uh, technologically literate. I know, it is one of those things where the person who knows Facebook thinks that their mom is bad with technology, but it's like, you can only do marginally more than them. Mm. How likely do you think that this person's been incompetent at their job forever? And is now just getting called out on it. Oh, you think now that she's in this big promotion? Yeah, she or he. I'm not sure what gender the right question asker is, but... Do not know. Is this a upgrade in the same company? What did they say at the beginning? Yeah, they moved positions. Okay. Hmm. To do other administrative roles of entering dates and data. <laughs> mm. Work in America is so funny. Yeah. All these jobs are necessary. Um, yeah, I don't know. I would say gather evidence. Call her out on it in a very public way. Mm. Don't give her a warning. Don't do a warning one of like, oh, I know what you're doing. Please stop doing it. Like, go straight to the, like, big board meeting at the end of the year type thing. That might be a while away. You don't think it's going to last that long? Just saying. You're telling this person to wait a year? Okay, then, like, your six-month review. Wait, you consider that a big meeting? You really don't know a lot about corporate America. No, I don't. I don't know what that means. I thought that was a big thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What about you? Any uh, co-worker uh, enemies that you've got? I think I was mostly well-liked. I don't think anybody would ever have a reason to betray me. Hmm. I don't think anybody was ever intimidated by me. I don't think I give off a real wants-to-be-a-manager vibe. Oh, yeah, that is true. Technically, my Myers-Briggs is the executive, but I don't think I give off that vibe either. Yeah, I think when I show up somewhere, nobody's like, oh, he's gunning for my job. Mm. I remember I was talking to Phil about having the talk with my professor, with my advisor, about how I didn't want to do research anymore. And so we were going to talk about different job options. And Phil was like, well, what you should do is you should just like grab him by the collar, go right up into his face and be like, what kind of like when he asked what type of job do you want? You'd be like, I want yours, motherfucker. (laughs) And I was like, that's exactly what I'm telling him the opposite of. (laughs) He wants me to have his job. (laughs) And the exact thing I'm telling him is I don't want that. (laughs) But I do like that advice. That's very solid advice, Phil. Should we see the professionals answer on this? I don't know. Allison Green kind of has boring answers, but sure. <laughs> Should we just skip it? Should we mock Allison Green for a little while? Eh, at a professional workplace, one should always communicate. Should never slurp one's soup. I see three possibilities. You are indeed making more mistakes than you think, or she's sabotaging you. If so, probably oh, we didn't for even think about that suspect. part of the answer. I, I did say that, that the person... I guess so. Yeah. You did say maybe she just sucks. Or there's some technical thing going on, like you're not saving things correctly or something else. I do think it's possible that you're making more mistakes than you think you are, especially in a new job. Wait, no, no, Allison, you can't say there's three possibilities and one of them is or something else. <laughs> no, no, that was part of the not saving things correctly. More like a, you're not making the mistakes, but there's like one key. Oh, I see. Like I there's see. like a key okay. thing you're not understanding. 
So you're that not was my bad reading comprehension. I wasn't following along. I also I got more insight into one of my reputations at work, which is as a harsh critic for writing. Um, Nicole was like talking to me about it again, about whether or not she wanted to send me her QE uh, proposal. Uh, and I told her, I was like, you know, I don't really think I'm that harsh. I did just have a phone call with Justin yesterday where I told him that his uh, personal statement for grad school was uninspired, boring, and poorly written. And that he made mistakes that he shouldn't be making at this part of his career. <laughs> but like, I'm not usually like harsh. <laughs> it It is true. It's crazy how me and you are, me and you are friends. I don't know what like connects us. I, I guess that doesn't make Spirit sense. Spirit of adventure. Friends don't usually have the same skill set, but like it is crazy how poorly adapted I am to the English word in writing and how you excel. And yet I have no skill on the blade and yet. <laughs> and yet I'm <laughs> and yet I've this de- I've defeated all the grandmasters and the Japanese circuit. Including Izzy. <laughs> Has Izzy ever asked if you wanted to spar? No, I think it's one of those things where she would be like, she would be teaching me basically, like she's too good. I thought it'd be like just a huge barrier of entry, like no one has like open mic hours for going to fence. She has extra swords, that would, but maybe, I don't know if she has like extra masks and stuff. I mean, she teaches, so I'm sure it's something where she could take me to her club, yeah. I do think it's possible that you're making more mistakes than you think you are, especially in a new job with a new system. It's possible that things that would be normal muscle memory in your old job, like saving changes, aren't yet second nature to you here. And who knows, maybe fields are in a different order than you're used to and you're entering information incorrectly at times. It's possible. So first, I'd try to be really open-minded about the possibility that that could be happening. Taking the feedback seriously, scrutinize what's going on, what could be causing it, and take whatever steps you'd take if you had no reason to doubt the corrections. But I wonder if there's a way to build in a check on both of you. For example, is there a way for you to make a copy of your work, such as by exporting a file of all the data entry and record changes you made that day, or even a sampling of them? Can you save your own copies of documents locally? That way, when your coworker brings your mistakes that you make, you can check your own copy of work and see if it matches up. If it matches up, well, problem solved. You made more mistakes than you think you did. You certainly wouldn't be the only one. It's not an uncommon thing. But it, if it doesn't match, then you know something's going on. In that case, you could say this to your coworker. I'm worried that something's going on that's causing my work to be saved incorrectly or get changed after I'm finished with it. I made a local copy of this spreadsheet when I was done with it so I could consult it for X purpose. And the error you found isn't in my copy. Do you think I should talk to IT about this? And speaking of IT, they may be able to say who last changed the record, which could be quite useful here. I like this, like, uh, subtly teller. With, with, obviously that's the right advice but i do kind no, of it was the opposite of what i was saying which is the right advice which is grand gesture yeah just come at her with a j'accuse mm-hmm. or depending on your sense of your coworker and your manager it might make more sense at that point to go straight to your manager about what's going on if you did that you could say i have an awkward situation that i'm hoping to get your advice on jane has been checking my work and bringing a number of mistakes that seemed out of sync with what i was remembering doing i saved a few copies of my work locally so that i could compare them with her versions and i found that the mistakes she's showing me aren't in the versions i made i can show you examples if you'd like and i imagine that it could confirm what updates were made by me versus someone else but I'm concerned that Jane may be adding these mistakes as some kind of training strategy. Or, well, I don't know why else. But it concerns mm. me that it may be reflecting on how you see my work. So I'd like to get to the bottom of it. 
Why would you give them an out like that? Like, we're just very quickly, she's like, yes, yes, training strategy. <laughs> I was only trying to make you stronger. I think the reason Allison Green put that out in that little uh, phrase is definitely in case the manager really likes that other coworker and is going to either blame you. Like, giving them an out is a way that if they really like them and they're going to if they would rather in their mind blame you than her, it's a way for to give them a third option where it's like, okay, neither of us is the bad person I'm so that you don't that. get blamed. Bitch made. I, I agree, but I think that's probably what Allison Green is thinking. It's a way to kind of mm-hmm. not upset somebody if they're like best friends with your coworker or their beloved employee. Mm-hmm. Who's that manager's going to be like, oh, she could never do, you know, she would never be that mean. No, that, oh, she... Allison Green goes over it. Note that this is not Jane is sabotaging me. It's this weird thing is happening and I want to make you aware of it and get your advice. But even with that framing, ugh, it still has the potential for a lot of drama. So if you think just talking to Jane might be enough to solve it, I'd start there. Of course, then you'd still have to worry about whether she'd find some other way to undermine you. So you want to keep your eyes wide open for that. That's when she starts going for your office lunch. Uh, Allison Green, a pretty boring answer. All right, I am bringing in another new column. This is the Paris Review, Dear Linda. Uh, this is by Linda Berry. It's from October twelfth, twenty seventeen. That's not a real name. Mm-hmm. Linda Berry. She's not a. She's not a judge on a Great British Baking Show. <laughs> uh. So this is uh this fits in the theme of betrayal because I feel like it's not double crossing necessarily but it's um a betrayal of your partner's emotions. Ooh. Maybe can we say that? I would have to read it. All right. Dear Linda, I want to eat my boyfriend's pets. <laughs> I wish we'd done yours first. That sounds awesome. Dear Linda, my boyfriend has been keeping pet shrimp. They're not terrible pets. They're low maintenance and clean their own tank. But honestly, they just make me crave seafood. I've developed a proclivity for shrimp tempura, shrimp cocktail, fried prawn. And he looks at me like I'm straight up eating puppies. Should I give up shrimp to be a supportive girlfriend? Sincerely, a crustacean curmudgeon. Poe, you read pet shrimp? Uh, yeah, Ben has pet shrimp. He does? Well, at this point, what's the plural versus singular? He has pet shrimp. Oh, he just has one. Yeah, the rest have died. I didn't know there was a sole survivor. There's a sole survivor. I just realized the other week I saw him. How big are they? Very tiny. Mm. The shrimp you keep like at an at-home shrimp tank are like, they don't, re- they're like sea monkeys. They're like nothing. Mm-hmm. They're like, uh, I don't know, the size of like a, a hairpin or something. I don't know. So wait, what happened? Uh, what, what what happened with this shrimp holocaust that happened in your in your apartment? I think most of them just, like, over time, like, the tank wasn't at the right, like, pH level or had too much or too little of certain chemicals in it. Paul, were you getting drunk and peeing in the tank? No. Absolutely not. So there is a sole survivor. I will say the difference between this girlfriend's boyfriend who seems upset about this, maybe Ben's upset on the inside, but when he first got them, I did do a bit where every time I was, like, eating shrimp tempura or something, I would walk up to the tank and be like, I wonder if this pisses them off. How often are you eating shrimp tempura? I think the one or two times I had some sort of shrimp thing at home. Okay. Okay. You're never ordering shrimp fried rice from your favorite Asian spot, Adrian? No, you know I'm not. Oh, yeah. I forgot you're allergic. 
And why are you calling me Asian? Asian. <laughs> the DR in your name was taken too long to say. You know how often I say your name? Cutting That's hours true. out. It's bringing me closer to death every time I have to pronounce that damn DR. We should figure out quicker ways to say each other's names. They're they're not at all similar. Like the type of shrimp you're eating from the ocean. Like shrimp is such a big classification of like sea life. The type of shrimp you're eating for dinner, like your cocktail shrimp, are not the same type of shrimp. I mean, maybe other people have those shrimp. I'm just basing this off my knowledge of what Ben has. They're very different looking animals. Yeah. That might be true. Maybe he is actually someone who just has like two actually big shrimp in his like tank or something like that. Yeah, maybe he does have like full. At least Ben's, yeah, they just look like gross little bugs. They don't look like shrimp you would eat. They're not, they're not like a little fun hook shape. <laughs> mm. Do they have the poop vein, though? Ooh, yeah, kind of. Do you have strong opinions on the poop vein? Oh, I don't care. I've never been able to, like, taste it. It's. I think I was talking about this with cause... somebody the other day, and it's just like, I feel like with most animals, like, you're eating it whole. Of course, like, if you asked me, it seems obvious. Wait, how many animals are you eating whole? That's what I'm getting at. Compared to other animals, like, it's one of oh, the animals you're eating whole. Of course, there's going to be, like... Some of its, like, other body parts are going to be part of what you're eating. I was never under the illusion it wasn't. But you can clean it out pretty easily. I think somebody told me once that they, when they do do that, people rate it as having a worse flavor. Well, what I was going to say is that the last verdict that I heard on this is uh, Molly Baz from on her new YouTube channel. She's from um the, uh, what are they called? Bon Appetit, during that whole racism scandal that they had or whatever. Um, She fled and did her own cookbook and her own YouTube channel. And in her latest shrimp video, she does a taste test of side-by-side clean versus unclean shrimp, and she thought the uncleaned one were better. I mean, what are shrimp eating? It's like little, like, that's gone through their digestive system, I feel like, not even that long. I'm not, it's definitely just whatever they ate, which is just other- So you eat the poo-poo. I do eat the poo-poo, man. It's a little bit of extra stank in there, tell you what. Here's my question. When you eat lobster, are you, well, not you, because you're allergic to How shellfish. How often do you think I'm eating lobster? <laughs> but I'm getting at when people eat lobster, like, you have to assume that it, their poo-poo is in there somewhere, right? No, because I don't think they have a vein like that. I think they just, like, actually expel poop. But, like, they don't clean out their, like, guts and internal organs. You have to be eating all that stuff. Like, it's all just becoming part of the meat, right? No, wait, what? No, I think the, that's a part you can remove from like. Okay, I'm not. I'm not making lobster very often, so <laughs> I don't know. Well, that makes sense. I like how when it was for you, it was how often do you think I'm making lobster, and when it's for me, you're like makes sense. <laughs> yeah, because you wouldn't prepare your own food; you have your chef do it for you. <laughs> leaving the poo poo. Leaving the poo poo. Wait, are there any other foods like that that are kind of gross in some kind of sense? I mean, I do buy cow colon pretty frequently and just eat the poop out of there. Is that not normal? No, trite's good. Is that what I've? Is that what trite is? I've never yeah. had trite or tripe. I think right. I've never had either of those. No, I don't know. I guess I knew you weren't being serious, but like that's something that my mom will buy and cook. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, but I'm pretty sure they've removed the poo poo. No, no, no. It's her favorite part. She liked the poo poo. She liked the poo poo. Um, anything else? Any other foods that are kind of gross to eat? Or what, what was the point of this about whether or not she... Is there any kind of pet you could have that you wouldn't eat because you have it as a pet now? Yeah, now that I have a pet cat, man, I can't go hunting those endangered lions anymore. Mm. I mean, I technically didn't grow up with cows as pets, but like my neighbors had cows on a farm and that never stopped me from eating beef. Didn't stop me from eating goat. Didn't stop me from eating donkey. Yeah. 
Do you think do you think this girl's being funny? I think she's being funny. Or do you think she's being hurtful? Um Wait, she's not trying to be funny, but I think she's alright to eat shrimp. I think it's pretty ridiculous to compare your pet shrimp to the shrimp she's eating. My advice? Shrimp it up. Eat all that shrimp that I can't eat. R.I.P. Adrian. Mm-hmm. What about like an iguana? Or a snake? Oh, you think wait. Who who's eating those on the regular? Those are definitely very exotic meats in America. Yeah, but if you're in Denver and you go to that exotic meat restaurant, would you not eat snake because you had a pet snake? No, but I'm already saying I think that this like thought experiment is crazy on this guy's side. All right. Do you want to read the answer? Yeah, let's hear it. All right. Dear CC, well, if it were me, what I'd do is this. I'd get really high and kneel by the shrimp tank with my face really, really close. And on my back, I'd wear a sign that said, do not interrupt me. And then I'd watch the shrimp and start to imagine them as musicians with hats and tiny instruments, like a marching band or an orchestra. Or maybe if there are only two or three, as a jazz combo. It depends on how many shrimp there are. And also the weed. If it's the right weed, and if your heart is open, you will develop the empathy necessary to solve the whole problem for you. But what could also happen is this, you might slowly realize that the shrimp are watching you too. In fact, they've been watching all along, watching you and listening to your jokey tone, and they know exactly what you are about. And sometimes they imagine you breaded, sometimes you are in a state of sudden tempura, and sometimes you are just curled naked and above a cocktail sauce, and all of them are willing this to be. It is never wise to chew on the animal your mate loves. Sincerely, Linda B. I think if this guy's already worried about your proclivity to eating shrimp and you kneel down beside the shrimp tank with a sign that says don't bother me and you're really high, it's gonna look like that you're about to go bobbing for apples. I, that's not the answer I expected from the Paris Review. <laughs> that it was gonna go comedic? I, I don't know what I thought it was gonna be. I did not think it was gonna be go smoke some dank kush brat and imagine the shrimp as little jazz musicians. Do you think the last sentence where she said you should actually give up shrimp for your boyfriend, do you think that was like somewhat flippant because that's what the jokey logic she put in there about getting high and imagining these shrimp wanting to kill you got her? Or do you think she legitimately wants this person to not eat shrimp anymore for the relationship? I think it was jokey and flip it. I don't think she actually cares either way. I think it seems like she kind of also doubts like it's an actual relationship problem. Yeah. All right. You want to get into the third segment? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So this is a fan submitted third segment uh, from one Mr. Charlie from Sacramento. Um, this is from the Big Facts No Cap Discord. Um, it's an article written by Andrew Feinberg. This is from Tuesday, 27th of December, 2022. So we're dipping back into last year a little bit. Um, Biden won't speak freely near Secret Service and thinks agents lied about dog bite incident. Book reveals. Subtitle, a new book claims President's trust in the agents who protect him has been frayed by the agency's destruction of text messages sought by the House January 6th Select Committee. All right. Any, uh, any wanna, Paul, do you want to update us on where we left with uh, Joe Biden and his dogs? Oh, man, this story took so many turns. Uh, I think the last we heard is that they were being sent off for special training to be returned to the White House, right? Mm-hmm. 
I think so. I don't know. I would have to actually time. re-up on the story. This is uh, this is for our old heads. The people who've been following the story for a long time know that towards the beginning of this podcast was towards the beginning of Joe, Bur- Joe Burden, uh, Joe Biden's first term in office. And there was ever-evolving drama with these dogs, whether or not they were violent, whether or not they pushed Joe Biden over in the shower. They were being... Mm-hmm. They were being accused of crimes they didn't commit by Joe and his team th- themselves back then. They were biting Secret Service agents. They were getting sent away. They were getting cats as therapy cats to calm the dogs. There's more news stories around these dogs. I forgot about the cat. You remember a lot more than I did. <laughs> biting the Secret Service agent, biting the Park Service agent. Yeah. Didn't one of them get put down or one of them died in the time that we've been covering this story? No way they could put down one of these dogs. That would be a... I think one of them died of natural causes. PR crisis. Because it's Champ and Major, right? Yeah, it was definitely... They definitely both had, like, really hardcore names, kind of like that. Yeah, they are Champ and Major. And they're both still with us? Let's see if their Wikipedia kind of has a... uh, They're German Shepherds, for those who are interested. German ships? Yeah. So Champ sadly died on June 19th, 2021... Uh, in Delaware. Oh, Major is the one with the longer story, so he has like a full section on his Wikipedia for incidents and political activities. Damn, he's like Justin Roiland and uh, Andrew Callahan. <laughs> Third dirty dog we're talking about. So today. Major was the one who was accused of nipping a security dog, of <laughs> nipping a security guard and having to get moved to Delaware. Uh, he's been known for displaying agitated behavior on multiple occasions he got training and returned to the white house on the 24th and he was also trained on how to live with a future cat that the bidens adopted a therapy cat for the dogs and Mm -hmm. then he bit a national and that's when he bit the national park service employee during a walk Mm. the wikipedia also mentions that fdr had a uh also had a dog named uh major who was also a german shepherd that bit a senator Whoa. And uh, attacked the Prime Minister of the UK. <laughs> Theodore Roosevelt also had a uh, bull terrier who attacked multiple people, including an ambassador of France. Jesus, these dogs, dude. Oh my gosh, I didn't know about this in 2020. Biden's granddaughter, Naomi, posted a tweet showing Champ and Major fighting over a Donald Trump chew toy <laughs> that she had to delete immediately after posting. Because it was considered violent or because it was considered un I think, yeah, that might seem like a threat to the president. Uh, Or or we got a big dog. All right. So now we're uh, updated on the story. Do you want to read more of the article? And now take everything you heard and flip it upside down. (laughs) Flip it upside down. According to this breaking news. Here we go. This is from The Independent. President Joe Biden, and that has a hyperlink if you want to click on who that is. Um... (laughs) was so disturbed by the Secret Service's handling of text messages sought by the House January 6th Select Committee that he stopped speaking candidly in the presence of special agents assigned to his protection detail. A new book on the Biden White House has revealed. Gotta hate the Senate structure of fucking, like, news articles like this. In The Fight of His Life, Inside Joe Biden's White House, author Chris Whipple writes that Mr. Biden's discomfort... Mr. Chris Whipple... (laughs) (laughs) writes that Mr. Biden's discomfort with the post-Trump era agency began early on in his presidency when it became clear that some of the agents charged with protecting him from assassination were strong supporters of the man he defeated in the 2020 election, former President Donald Trump. It was a fucking inside job, man. 
The Secret Service is stabbing him in the back. According to a copy of the book obtained by The Independent ahead of its 17 January 2023 release. Oh, it's coming out tomorrow. Or a week and a half ago for for the audience. Yeah. Uh, Whipple writes that Mr. Biden simply did not trust the agents and noted that his attitude is a sharp contrast from how he felt during his years as vice president when he'd become very close with the agents on his detail. He added that the change in Mr. Biden's view is also a result of the increased size of the detail assigned to the chief executive and suggested that the president shouldn't have been surprised by the presence of MAGA sympathizers among his bodyguards because the Secret Service, quote, is full of white ex-cops from the South who tend to be deeply conservative. Now, just demonizing the South and cops and white people. And deeply conservative people. Surrounded by a new phalanx of strangers, Biden couldn't help but wonder, do these people really want me here? Whipple wrote. He added that Mr. Biden's trust in his protection detail was further shaken by a March 2021 incident involving a Secret Service agent and his then three-year-old German Shepherd, Major. Major, who Mr. Biden adopted from the Delaware Humane Association in 2018, was the first rescue dog to serve as first canine. He allegedly bit a Secret Service agent in the private residence portion of the White House on 8 March 2021 and was temporarily relocated to Delaware for training in the wake of that incident, though he later bit a National Park Service worker just after returning to the White House at the end of that month. Goddamn menace. According to Whipple, Mr. Biden was quite skeptical about the details of the first alleged biting incident. He writes that although no one disputed the fact that it had taken place, the president wasn't buying the details, particularly the alleged location of the biting. Whipple reveals that Mr. Biden expressed concerns expressed his concerns to a friend while he was giving a tour of the White House family quarters. The president re- reportedly pointed to the alleged location of the biting on the second floor of the executive mansion and told the friend, look, the Secret Service are never up here. It didn't happen. Suspicious. He added that Mr. Biden thought <laughs> somebody was lying. I love that Biden is doing the whole, like, I timed it. He couldn't have bitten him and then gotten around to this other location in the three minutes that they claimed. I, I tried to run there as fast as I could. It's not possible. On all fours. On all fours. (laughs) He added that Mr. Biden thought somebody was lying about the way the incident had gone down. The president spent more than eight years surrounded by Secret Service agents, first as vice president and again as a candidate, and later as president-elect and as president. But his relationship with the men and women who swear an oath to defend the U.S. Constitution and protect whoever may be president of the United States was further strained by the agency's action in the wake of the violent attack on the Capitol, fomented by his predecessor. Whipple writes that Mr. Biden felt the continuing influence of Mr. Trump's so-called Make America Great Again movement, all too close to home in his Secret Service detail. He further explained that the agency had looked both incompetent and politicized by the failure of the agents on Mr. Trump's detail to retain turnover text messages from 5 and 6 January 2021, the day before the Capitol attack and the day after the attack itself. It was also one of Mr. Trump's own appointees, Department of Homeland Security Inspector General Joseph Kafari, who had asked agents for the messages and who had later told Congress that all but a single message had been irretrievably lost, while the Secret Service, ordinarily world-renowned for its technical abilities, claimed that the deletions were the result of a migration during scheduled mobile device upgrades. I love it how often stuff like that happens and we're just supposed to... But time to put on my tinfoil hat, Adrian. Mm-hmm. It's so funny how often it's just like, I mean, whatever. We live in a post. I know it's become a meme, so post truth society. So as soon as I say it, everybody, it's it's a real eye roll moment. But we do live in a world where they just killed Epstein, and we're like, the cameras were off. Yeah, it was just kind of like a mistake. We just lost it. 
Mm. And just like they just do it fucking constantly. These people are just like, yeah, January sixth. Oh boy, we uh, there was like a big iOS update the day after, so we don't have any of the messages. So it's no biggie, right? Rain check. Man, I have bullshit on my phone. I have photos like from high school on my phone that I'm like, why the fuck is this still on my phone? Let me delete it. Mm. You're telling me the Secret Service doesn't have their messages from two years ago? Come on now. Come on now. Faced with the knowledge that members of Mr. Trump's detail, some of whom remained in the agency, had actually cheered on the Capitol attacks, as well as the House January 6th Select Committee's revelation that former Vice President Mike Pence had actually refused to get in a car with his own protective detail during the attack for fear that they would have taken him away in service of Okay, Mr. this Trump's article push. is getting really, un, uh, really getting off topic from Major off and Champ. <laughs> yeah. Or as people who like dogs would like us to say, like, off wolf pick or some pun about dogs, off, off paw pick. When the Independent contacted the White House for comment on whether Mr. Biden has confidence in his Secret Service detail and if he feels comfortable speaking candidly when agents are within earshot, as well as whether Mr. Biden believes the Secret Service fabricated details of the major <laughs> Biden. Biden just, when they reached him for comment, he's just like trying to, he's just blinking really weird. Like, no, of course I can speak to you when they're around. I don't feel at all scared of the Secret Service. Help me. Um, details of the major Biden biting accident. A house, a White House represented, a White House responded, a White House responded. They're missing a word there. A White House responded that Whipple did not give us the chance to verify the materials that are attributed here. We respect that there will be no shortage of books written about the administration containing a wide variety of claims. We don't plan to engage in confirmations or denials when it comes to the specifics of those claims, the spokesperson said. All right. But he got quotes from Biden, though. All I'm He's got direct quotes. All I'm saying is that in 2001, even after they got the therapy cat, they sent Major back away from the White House. 2021? In, uh, in December of 2021. Mm-hmm. And they got a new dog, a new puppy named Commander. All I'm saying is free Major. Bring him back. Bring our boy back. He's innocent. Mm-hmm. It's these MAGA Trump people, man. I'm all in for Major now. This guy's been set up. Wait, what is this about Commander, though? Commander's a new puppy they got. Basically, they got rid of the, uh, they got rid of the rescue, and they got in a, a fancy new dog named Commander. Oh, is he like a pure breed or whatever? Uh, let me click on Commander's Wikipedia page. Uh, he was a birthday gift to Joe Biden from James and Sarah Biden. Yeah, and I, I don't think he's a rescue. He's just, uh... Well, yeah, who would gift a rescue? That's so gauche. There's one guy who's been walking White House dogs since the time of Richard Nixon, and it's White House Superintendent Dale Haney. He's that good at it? <laughs> He's that good at walking dogs. Damn. He's the uh, superintendent of the White House grounds. He's been doing it for 50 years. That's kind of cool, though. Um, I don't like this. Like, they got a new perfect dog in, and they just swept Major under the rug. They let him take all the heat. I mean, do you believe this? Do you believe that the Secret Service backstabbed Major? Double cross to get to to get to win political points against Joe Biden. Yeah, yeah, we got some MAGA heads in the Secret Service, man. I was pretty convinced by that opening articles where they said a cab, and that includes the Secret Service. I was like, that is true, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That insider article did what was it? Independent. Yeah, that independent article did make some good points about how all cops are evil, including police dogs like German shepherds. Ooh, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't put that on Biden's dogs. They're just pets, man. They don't- what? 
It seems like Major doesn't respect our National Park Service people. <laughs> I mean, do you believe this? To be honest with you, in a non-joking way, no. This sounds like Joe Biden being a, such a grumpy, crazy old man. <laughs> a little bit, yeah, right? <laughs> it is funny to imagine that it was a setup and that Major was betrayed by our right-wing Secret Service to make mm-hmm. Biden look bad, but I'm pretty sure. I mean, I get it. Sometimes I look at Southern police officers and think they look like ham. I think Major just made the same mistake. <laughs> he just, he, mouth was watering. He was like, that is a tasty honey-smoked ham right there. There's <laughs> the same exact I color. I mean, that kind of makes sense. There's the exact same color and texture as a hickory ham. I kind of agree with you. I don't think I totally buy this, to be honest. I mean, this was sent to us from a fan who wanted to absolve the uh, the dogs of their wrongdoings, but uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm more convinced than ever that those dogs are just biting left and right. Oh, you think this is a triple cross? You think this uh, person who's releasing the book is uh, on the pro-dog angle? Mm-hmm. Man, this story is getting like out of our hands. We need like a real deep dive investigative journalism into it. Mm. Oh, I know someone we could call if we need a journalist. <laughs> Somebody with a lot of free time now that they lost Someone their with a lot gig. of free time. <laughs> <laughs> Whose name rhymes with Bandrew Balaban? Yeah, exactly. Keep it 55th. <laughs> okay, I'm on Twitter looking at this story, and a lot of people are taking the angle that Major News of Secret Service with right wing. And that's why he attacked him. <laughs> and so he attacked him. <laughs> that's cool. I do like that. You think he can sniff out crime? New show for us to pitch to ABC, Crime Dog. Crime Dogs, Major. I would say we With could Commander, make Commander, the sidekick. I was going to say, I think we could make it another episode of Scooby-Doo, since that's already a crime-solving dog, but I think uh, Mindy We're not going to get the IP for that. Even Mindy Kaling couldn't get the IP for Scooby-Doo. Wait, I thought she did get the IP. No, there's no dog. They're not allowed to have the dog. Oh, they can't have the dog, but they could have all the other characters? They could have Velma, Shaggy, yeah. and... And Nazi Fred? Wait, so she actually talks about, in the clip I saw from that show, about how her boyfriend Shaggy left her for a dog, but they just don't show you Scooby, they just reference him? Just a dirty little dog. He's just a dirty little dog. (laughs) Yeah. I also haven't watched this show, so I don't know, man, but yeah. I know that they couldn't get the rights to Scooby-Doo, the actual Scooby-Doo. Well, the world needs another crime-fighting dog. I mean, if they would have gotten the rights to Scooby-Doo, they would have probably made him a German Shepherd or whatever, to another race mix-up. Wait, who got- oh, because- A lesbian German Shepherd. (laughs) Hmm? Well, Shaggy's black in the show, and uh, Daphne's Asian. Should we watch the show and do a review next week? No, it sounds really bad, man. Come on. I don't have HBO either, so you have to give me your login. (laughs) It's my brother's login. All right, I'll take it. (laughs) Uh, The Adventures of Major and Commander. Major That sounds right, wing. Major Commander, R.I.P. I don't think they could put Champ in it. That'd be too sad, man. No, he's like a he's a ghostly figure that like gives him advice. Oh, like when the Jedi show up as blue smoke and like are like you did yeah. well, Anakin. Big fact, man. I watched Puss in Boots yesterday, and I learned that sometimes it can be hard to trust, but you got to open yourself up to trusting other people. So even if you've been double-crossed, betrayed, even if the Secret Service has accused your dog of biting them as a as a political tactic because they're a bunch of right-wing fascists, you gotta open yourself up to trusting people again. You can't you can't always be a little suspicious, Sarah. Mm. And my no-cap is 
if you're worried about someone betraying you, if you double cross them first, then you'll always come out on top. Always shoot first and shoot to kill.